0: What's up? Welcome to a new episode of the Brand New Show. As you already know, I am Brand New, and like always, on all podcast platforms everywhere, um, Brand New Show. Also, YouTube channel, Brand New Show, and also social media platforms, Brand New Show. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you know. Uh, So shout out to everybody's been following, uh, subscribing, listening. Appreciate you guys. Thank you uh from the bottom of my heart. Appreciate it. Um uh, more episodes coming soon. Uh been working, uh well not this past couple of days. I've been sitting on my ass. Uh but that's another story I'll talk about later. Um but uh let's get into it. So tonight's episode is Life in Times with music. Um again, like I said, sitting on my ass. I was supposed to do this last night. Just was tired. Anyway, um so tonight I'm going on artist. But this person is more than just an artist. He he's he's more than just an artist. He's one of the greatest musical geniuses of all time. He's possibly one of the greatest producers of all time, one of the greatest uh, creators of all time. Um, damn sure revolutionary when it comes to um, the direction of where he wants to go next. Uh, he's, he's, he's made countless hits, but also have made countless artists uh, successful. If you don't know who I'm talking about, the man's career has spanned it now, I would say about, uh, say about a old 40 years, yeah, 40 years, good God, 40 years, this is the first time we ever heard straight out of Compton, damn, and he was one of the founding members of NWA, Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about Dr. Dre, one of my favorite producers, possibly one of the greatest musical minds, mm. musical genius, probably one of the greatest uh, business men in the industry. Like the man is an incredible uh, composer of, of of this thing we call music. Man, he is the reason why we love instrumentals. So fucking much. I mean, yeah, I know people are gonna say, "Well, Instrumental's always been around." That's something different about a Dr. Dre Instrumental, though. You know immediately when you hear Dr. Dre Instrumental, Instrumental. Oh, it's Dr. Dre, nigga. Oh, it's different. Oh, it's different. Dr. Dre started his career what nineteen eighty six, seven. With NWA, niggas with attitude, in that group was. DJ Yella, MC Ran, MC Ran, Ice Cube, and Easy. That another member I can't remember who, but also DOC was a part of that group as well. Even though he technically wasn't a part of NWA, he was a part of the family. He was a part of that structure. And Dr. Dre. Like I said, the first time we hear Dr. Dre ever is NWA. He's um, uh, straight out, straight out of Compton project, countless hits off of that project, man. Of course, straight out of Compton. Fuck the police. Uh, respect your, respect yourself. What else? Man. Yeah. Dope, man. Yeah. Dr. Dre. Career started with that, the legacy that he already created. He created gangster music, which is not to be taken lightly. Like, like they had they created gangster music. That is something that nobody else can say. They created gangster music, gangster hip hop. Y'all could talk about drill music, but it wasn't for straight out of Compton. It wasn't for N.W.A. at the beginning of of the 80, late '80s, early '90s. The drill music scene that we got now where niggas just openly criminalizing themselves wouldn't even be a thing because you try to up yourself every fucking time you heard. Uh, every time the new era came in, you try to up yourself. Why? Because of gangster music, because of how NWA created the scene of you got to live your bars. You got to physically live what the fuck you are saying. These niggas was in studios with fucking <laughs> fucking scopes on guns and shit while they're doing interviews. While they're physically getting interviewed, fucking beams on and shit. Like you, <laughs> what the fuck are these niggas doing? It was different, different man. Going into uh, that, of course, everybody knows Dr. Dre and NWA would eventually split because of money. Just like Ice Cube left, if you, you've watched the Straight Outta Compton movie, you already know why they split. Everything happened. Um, Dr. Dre then creates Death Row Records, which, again, is just another fucking juggernaut. It's crazy that the, 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 the West Coast's beginning rise to the top started with Dr. Dre. And it still has some semblance of Dr. Dre, but I'll get into that later. But. So. <laughs> so Dr. Dre and Shug Knight create Death Row. And with Death Row, they sign Snoop Dogg. They bring in Desert Corrupt from. Create the Dog Pound. Uh, Nate Dogg. Warren G. Um, Lady Rage. Uh. Danny Boy, Um, who else? Yeah, D.O.C., of course. Um, And, of course, eventually they would bring in the one and only Tupac. So to go from N.W.A. having the beginning of the West Coast take over of hip hop then to literally have the biggest reign. Of the, one of the biggest rings of the 90s outside of maybe Bad Boy in New York to have your own scene and it's literally your scene that's a fucking crazy ass thing man Did, Dr. Dre is one of the greatest musical um, entities I think for me personally there might be like three that I'm like bet money, like, there might be three people in music history that I give, like, they changed the game, Um, I had his name, nah, I fucking forgot it, Barry Gordy, Motown, Barry Gordy, Motown, just the music that Motown did and by the way I'm gonna do a Motown Records uh live of Thomas music. I would say uh Russell Simmons and Rick Rube, Rick Rubin Def Jam creating Def Jam which was the biggest hip hop label And then I would say Dr. Drake. Those three. Like, and it might be more. But for me. Those three men. Those four men really changed the game. Those three labels changed the game. And particularly Dr. Drake. Because he wasn't on a particular label. He changed the game just by continuously creating labels. And creating new situations for people. So. Death Row was such a massive thing. Of course, they would go on and do the West Coast versus East Coast rivalry, which Dr. Dre was strongly against. He was not with the shit. He was like, Nope, I don't want to do that. I got friends on the East Coast. So I'm not I'm not doing that. So when all of the success, you have excuse me, the chronic album and I, I say this all the time like people I, I remember we're doing a top 10 list for my family and we would talk about Dr. Dre and I was like this is the only man that had two like, two albums that Dr. Dre's physically ever done that was his projects The Chronic in 2001 both albums hindered on two labels being started Chronic album was hindered on Snoop Dogg And Dr. Dre, Death Row. 2001 was hinted on Eminem and Dr. Dre. So it's just like, it's two different fucking, but it's two different things. It's just two fucking different things. Because producing on the Chronic album that literally led to so many great uh, songs and skits. You never heard like hip hop skits like that in 1991. Like 1991 had no hip hop skits like that. This motherfucker had. Hip-hop skits. Now people do skits and shit. He had that. Or oh, The Chronic. Snoop Dogg's career being going off, taking off after The Chronic. Like Death Row becoming a, a, a dominant force. It all hinted on The Chronic album. And for him to create a project like that and to have an album that literally has stood the test of time highly regarded as one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time. If not in it, it's damn sure. Both of those albums, actually, are considered like in the top 10 of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time. But Dr. Dre, as a producer, you can't tell me when you first heard nothing but a G thing, you immediately realize this shit is different. Still to this day, you can play nothing but a G thing. I don't give a fuck if you you don't like Snoop or you fuck with Snoop. I don't give a fuck if you like Dr. Dre, you don't fuck with Dr. Dre. Nothing but a G thing is probably one of the greatest hip-hop songs of all time. Hands down. I'd debate anybody for it. Hands down. It is probably one of the greatest hip-hop songs of all time. The moment you hear that beat, come on. You know exactly what's about to say, what Snoop about to say on that song. You know exactly what Snoop about to say. Exactly what Snoop about to say. As soon as you hear that beat. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's one of those songs. It's one of the greatest hip hop songs of all time. Fuck with Dre Day. Shit. Yep. Holy shit. Uh, uh, All that Dr. Dre did on 1991's Death Row. Chronic for Devil on that on that album. You can tell. Uh, still to this day. That. Like I said, that album is still semblance to how, particularly like how the West and how artists still judge themselves. The skits and all that. I feel like. If the Chronic didn't do what it did, would we have Snoop? Would we have had Pac? Would we we have had a lot of those artists in death row if the Chronic didn't take off and do what it did? Of course not. Chronic album does amazing. Does amazing. I think if it dropped now today, it still probably would do good. Like, it probably would do amazing. That's how you know your album is timeless. Um, then it goes into um, the Death Row era of Dr. Dre's career, where Doggy Style comes out, and it blows the fuck up. The first Dog Pound album comes out, blows the fuck up. At that time, Death Row could not do anything anything wrong. And then you go and sign Tupac. And your shit just went from... A... A a bomb... To a fucking nuke. It was a fucking nuke. It was a nuke missile. Soon as it hit, you knew exactly. This shit is over. Put it in the box. They go get Tupac. Sign him. To death row. And when you hear Dr. Dre say... Uh... You know, California Love is my record, but we're going to give Pac something to come out to prison to. <laughs> it's like, California Love goes on and becomes the one of the most massive songs of the 90s. It's just, even if you're not from Cali, you fuck with California Love. I don't give a fuck what you say. I'll play that shit, and I'm like, I ain't even been, I've never been to LA in my life. I've never been to California a day in my life. I feel like I'm from California. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that song is that type of energy, man. Death Row era of Dr. Dre was very, I could do it without NWA. The next time we see Dr. Dre, he proved he could do it without Death Row. Because that's when he creates Aftermath. Now, this is where it gets interesting for Dr. Dre. Because he goes and he finds. Pac is definitely top 10. To a lot of people, top 5. He's somewhere in that, for me, in that range of top 10, top 5, uh, range of hip hop, of rappers. Pac was never lyrical. But his impact, his influence, what he did will never be duplicated. The pockets was just different. People don't give Snoop his proper respect. Snoop was massive. He is one of the reasons why hip-hop really crossed over to the other side. Dr. Dre and Snoop were one of the reasons why hip-hop crossed over to the other side. But Eminem is why hip-hop is global. You see, that is the difference between you putting your shit from Long Beach, Compton, South Central LA to literally having your shit where you could go and sell out the O2 Arena in London because you're a rapper and everybody knows your lyrics and they just want to see you. There's a difference. Dr. Dre did that shit. He signed a man that took hip-hop Global, just like he signed a man that made hip hop cross over, like Snoop, like Pac, they turned hip hop from just us in the hood fucking with it to white guys and Jewish kids and Asians and Latinos, like Latinos, like we went. Hip hop turned when Snoop and Pac and Dr. Dre took over in the nineties. They made it global. They made it crossover. They made it to the point where they were on magazine covers and just everywhere. Eminem turned that bitch global. Eminem, and I will argue anybody with this shit. You can sit here and debate this shit with me all day. Eminem turned hip-hop global. <laughs> he made hip-hop global. So the doc- for Dr. Dre to have a hand in that motherfucker's career too, you gotta be like, Doc, he not only made gangster rap, but he also made hip-hop a mainstream thing. Then he signed somebody that took hip hop worldwide, like Eminem. Dr Dre one of the greatest fucking influences ever. I don't can fuck with anybody to say. He signed Shady, and they create Slim Shady LP. This shit is a fucking juggernaut. My name is, which by the way, I'm doing an Eminem episode as well. My name is Uh, Guilty Conscience, which is still one of the most. That song cannot come out today. Like, <laughs> like that song could not have come out today. You know how many people would be outraged on Twitter if that song was to come out today in life? Guilty Conscience. In 97, it could fly. Like, the fact that they performed that shit at the VMAs in 97, 98. They performed that shit like 98, 99. It, it still is mind-boggling how they got that shit done. I have no idea. That song cannot come out today. Go to, if you know what I mean, you know what I'm, I'm talking about. Guilty conscience, Eminem, Dr. Drake. You know what I mean. If you haven't heard that song ever, which is kind of crazy, go listen to it. (laughs) It's like, you'll be like, what the fuck? It couldn't come out today. It couldn't. But then he goes off, and then he, he, he brings in that, and then he does the 2001 Chronic album, like I said. And it hinders on Eminem again. But this time, he brings in what he still has from Death Row, and that's Snoop. And then you get classic songs like Still Dre. Next episode with the late great Nate Dogg, Snoop Dogg, Corrupt. Um, man, it's shit. Forgot about Dre. Explosion. Fucking, what's the difference with, ex- with, with Exhibit and Eminem? Like, 2001 is still used to this day of, like, Sampling. You still use like there's still people that use like uh you uh you people on Netflix. The first trailer I saw was what's the difference playing in the background. What's the difference? Like like it's still used. It's still one of those those projects it's still one of those projects that still has songs in heavy rotation over time. What's the what's the video that everybody loves on social media that always pops up? This kid in the gymnasium, everybody sitting down. He's on the piano. He's fucking around with the p- the keys, and then he starts playing "Still Dre," and everybody loses their shit. Like it's that type of energy, man. This man has created that. The fact that he also gave. So when still when 2001 came out, ninety eight, ninety nine, to hear "Still Dre" was written by Jay Z, who at that time wasn't Jay Z just yet. Like, yeah, reasonable doubt out. He had the life, the the volume, uh, Sean Carter's Lifetime, you know, volume one and two out. He had some shit out, but it wasn't, he wasn't Jay Z yet. So for Dr. Dre to fly that man out to LA to write still Dre for him and Snoop, it's fucking crazy to hear that shit. It's like, what? What? Crazy, man. This man, musically, is incredible, man. You move on, and then Eminem becomes, again, a fucking juggernaut in the industry, man. But then he helps. Then Eminem starts Shady, after Shady Records. And in 2002, who they go sign? 50 Cent. So it's just like, they bring it 50. And now, Dr. Dre has a hand in his career. 50 Cent becomes the biggest fucking name on a planet. Like, in 03, again, you have another artist that is just around that situation and becomes a fucking juggernaut. 50 Cent now has gone off and done great things with his career. He might not be making music like he was, but he's still 50 fucking Cent. You know who the fuck he is? He's an executive producer. He's a creative content that we all love. And... To see that is crazy. And, and a lot of people sit here and say, well, 50 is more of an Eminem project than he was a Dr. Dre project. And that's true. I agree. But you still get a hand in it because of the fact that he still put... He, 50 went in the studio and worked with Dr. Dre on that Get Rich or Die trying album, which, by the way, turned 20 years this year. So... That is his legacy. And then you go off and then you go and he finds another up-and-coming rapper. In his his same place where he's from, Compton. The game. He brings the game to G-Unit. He teams them up with them. They become, he becomes a fucking juggernaut in, what, 04? Like, 04 he becomes a juggernaut? Like, I would say 04 05. Yeah, 05, because I think 04 was like Kanye's year. 05 was the game year. So the game becomes a juggernaut. Massive. Documentary. Blows the doors off the hinges. Stays quiet after that, right? Game 50, have their situations. Eminem leaves for, you know, he's going through drug addiction, and at the, at that time, he leaves, and then. Again, a man like that has never gone. He's always listening. He's always got his hands on something. You hear Dr. Dre is creating headphones. (laughs) Like, what? Jay-Z's got clubs and Rock Nation and sports companies. Diddy's got Ciroc and all this shit. And Dr. Dre is creating usable fucking headphones. Nigga, what? (laughs) He's like, nigga, what? He doing what? And then you see him. You get him. It's the best headphones you ever had. He creates beats. Beats by Drake, just in case you needed to know who the fuck made him, he made sure. Yeah, it's Beats by Drake. Like, he made you know, motherfucker, this is my creation. I did this. I, he was like, I don't do clubs. I don't do drinks. I don't do all that shit. I make music. I am a producer at heart. I know how to do this shit. And I want the best sound and quality headphones for everybody to have that type of energy. And he goes, noise cancellations, all that shit. He creates Beats by Drake. The shit takes off in 08, 09. The skyrocket. Gone. The fucking shit is a banger. Like, he is just killing it. With headphones. These niggas got clothes, drinks, clubs, fucking companies. This nigga made headphones. $100 million out the gate. (laughs) Like, a, like, what the fuck? He made something that is literally just some shit you just have in the house. He made it a thing. He made it actually something to behold. Simple shit. He also did something that hasn't been done. He bought back a genuine quality for people. Because a lot of people, I don't remember having headphones. We didn't have headphones like that. When I was out, like, in 08, 09, people were starting to get MP3 players. I had an MP3 player by that time and shit like that. But an iPod was out. So you needed something to kind of listen to the music. So when he creates this, it's just like, oh, all right. Then it serves around the schoolyard a couple times. You hear, like, oh, this shit good, motherfucker, like, I'm trying to get some Beats by Drake, excuse me, niggas literally was going, having Christmas presents, be headphones, (laughs) nigga made that Christmas present, headphones, that's how fucking good that shit was, think about that, like, like, think about that, nigga, you had a Christmas present, your Christmas present probably was, hey, can I get some Beats by Drake, What? That's crazy. So moving to 2011-12-ish, yeah, about 2011-12, there's another artist coming into the game that you're hearing about, and you're hearing about, and you're hearing about. Comes from Compton. Signing TDE. But somehow, some way, he ends up with a legend. Y'all know what I'm talking about. K Dot, Kendrick Lamar, Dr. Dre and Kendrick are working together. And you hear that and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> you're like, alright, let's see what happens. Oh nothing, just good kid, Matt City. To Pippa Butterfly. Damn. <laughs> like, like, simple shit. You know what I'm saying? Simple shit. You all know what I'm saying? You know, not just the, the best three trilogy albums that you've ever fucking heard. Probably ever. Like, just the fact that that man. And again, it's just the fact that Dr. Dre knows how to pick the people to represent what he believes that's going to be next. That happens. And then he goes and starts to work with up and coming artists again and throws his trust behind another artist like Anderson Pack and Corday. Dr. Dre. And somewhere in the mix of having all those artists, you know, the new breed of artists, he sells Beats by Dre for a billion dollars to Apple. This man (laughs) became the first rapper to sell something for a billion fucking dollars. At one point, he was a billionaire, or oh, no, no, I don't think he was ever a billionaire, but $800 million rich is, nigga, it, nigga, you're a billionaire in my book, I don't fuck with nobody say, nigga, fuck what you talking, $800 million, niggas ain't never gonna see that day in their life, he had that in his account, along with some other shit, <laughs> along with some other shit. Dr. Drake continues to make history. Can we not forget about last year's Super Bowl performance of him being the first? He technically, because everybody was coming with him. It was Dr. Drake and doc, Dr. Dre and Friends, pretty much. Dr. Dre and his sound. So everybody that was with him on that stage was literally of who he was, where he comes from, pretty much how far he's been in the industry and to see Snoop CM50 Kendrick Anderson Pack, Mary J. Blige, who he's worked with countless of times I mean Family Affair is literally produced by Dr. Drake to hear him now do um, new gospel uh remix with Eminem and Kanye on DJ Khaled shit because that's a Dr. Dre beat because he took Kanye's beat and, and remade it. Dr. Dre is one of the greatest musical geniuses ever. Like I said, he's one of my favorite producers of all time. Uh... The reason why I, I probably love Dr. Dre probably more than any other mogul in hip-hop. Maybe outside of maybe Jay-Z. Him and Jay are probably like 1 and 1A. Because Dr. Dre is quiet. You don't hear him. You don't hear him coming. That's the thing. I love people. I ain't got to announce what I'm about to do to you. I'm going to just do it. I ain't got to say it. You ain't got to hear me all day. I'm going to just do this shit. Dr. Dre is one of, if not, the greatest just musical people that have ever graced music. 40 years, this man has been fucking doing music. And every time he does something, I remember around the Super Bowl time, when he was about to get on the stage, he started dropping these songs from Grand Theft Auto. He's been doing Grand Theft Auto Mobile, online shit. He's been, you know, the producer of those songs. And to hear him and Nipsey, I wish they would actually really did a song together in real life when Nipsey was here. But to hear him and Nipsey on Diamond Mine and embrace Ty Dollar Sign and also, you know, um, e- ETA where him and Anderson Pack and Snoop and Buster Rhymes, you know, and then him and Ross and it, it, I wish Dr. Dre would drop. Detox. I don't know if he would still drop. I don't know if he's going to ever drop it, but if he does, man, I really, 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 really hope it's exactly what we think it would be. You know, maybe he has a lot more new artists on a on a project like Kendrick, Cole, Cardi, G.I.D., Wayne, um, Eminem, of course, Snoop, maybe Fifty. You know, uh, Drake. Like, I would love to hear those new artists with him. Anderson, Pack, Bruno, like. I would love to hear his sound with them, like a physical, like hear them, and of course I have Jay and, and and a lot of the OGs on their bus and all them. But Dr. Dre is, is 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 a fucking juggernaut, man. Dr. Dre has been doing this for forty fucking years, and the respect I have for this man, it it grows every day. The musical catalog is impact is is impressive as fuck. It's never gonna be touched. The the fact that this man has been, for 40 years, he's created a genre of music, made hip-hop glo- mainstream, made hip-hop global but just by the artists he was with, still surviving a generation, created something that everybody to this day still uses, Beats by Dre, flipped it and made himself money for it. You can't say enough about this, man. Dr. Dre is one of the greatest to ever do it. And anybody that tells you he's not, you are fucking hate I don't know what to tell you. Um, go listen to Dr. Dre's albums on uh, Apple. However you listen to music. Uh, next time music, I will be diving into one of my favorite albums, Starboy, about a weekend. Um... Uh, when we speak about uh, the, the debate coming soon, Ooh, the debate, I will be doing my first album versus album debate, and that would be Cassidy, I'm a Hustler versus Drew Santana, what the game's been missing. I might do a Travis Scott. I might do Travis. I might do Travis Scott, Astro Raw versus uh, Birds in a Trap. My night. Same my night. Same's my night. Yeah. Something like that. Either way it goes. And of course the next artist that I'll be sitting down and doing one with the next artist I'll be talking about on here will be. Damn. I didn't even think this one through. Good god. I gotta think that one through. I gotta think a little bit on that one. I don't know the next ones I'm going to do. Uh, I got a couple I want to do. Yeah, I got a couple I want to do. Uh, I'll probably say Eminem. Probably Eminem. Yeah, I do Eminem. So, those are the next couple of <laughs> episodes for Life of Music. Hope you guys enjoy it. My name is Brandon Janou. Peace.